struggle through what I have struggled through the last uh, couple of days. So um, appreciate uh, your understanding there. But uh, isn't God good anyways, huh? <laughs> Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 25. Little nugget of wisdom from uh, Solomon here. Uh, he says, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. But a good word, a good word makes it glad. How many love a good word, huh? <laughs> and that's what we're looking for today. Uh, it's good words, you know, because there's all kinds of distressing news and, and circumstances about us. And, and uh, I don't know how many of you uh, heard the uh, news, our, our long-time... Uh, uh, U.S. Uh, representative to Congress, Don Young, uh, passed away suddenly uh, yesterday, and uh, and so he uh, he is gone. And uh, I certainly hope he knew Jesus as the Savior and Lord. But um, anyways, lots of interesting things are happening. Lots of news that can cause anxiety in our heart, but. You know, there is, uh, there is a remedy for this. You want to hear a good news? You want to hear a good word? Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8 says this, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, okay? Meditate on these things. These are the things that we are to think about. These are the things that we are to feed into our mind and our spirit. And, and uh, you know, there's, there's no shortage of bad news, but, you know, we can intentionally pursue the things that make for peace, the Bible says, and, uh, and treasure those things in our own heart. You know, we have, um, the last couple of Sundays, uh, taken our, our thoughts from uh, Philippians 4, 6. Now, we just read Philippians 4, 8, but this, this whole context says this, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Be anxious for nothing. You know, that's a, that's a great uh, goal. That's a really great word for us. But how do we do that? How do we do that? It's, it's, uh, it's a difficult task sometimes. You know, living in a world that seems to be on a hair trigger of anger all the time, it's sometimes difficult to navigate. You know, uh, just the general uh, temperament out there right now seems to be a little short on patience, huh? I'm just, I'm just short on patience already, and this added to it doesn't help. You know what I'm talking about? You know, we, uh, we, we just encounter a world that's just kind of ready to kind of cross the line into anger, and sometimes we are the excuse for that, and, and that uh, causes unhappy encounters and all of that. But, uh, you know, the, the manipulators of news and media, social media and all that, created this sort of toxic environment uh, that we as Christians must avoid adopting. You know, we don't embrace this. We kind of, you know, it wants to kind of wrap its tentacles around us and draw us in. And, you know, we can get into kind of a, a downward spiral if we allow ourselves to do that. You know, Jesus um, warned his disciples. Now, you know, it's not that, you know, as Christians we're 
we're trying to find a law-law sort of world. You know, we're, we're not trying to find this world that doesn't exist, you know, where it's just good news and everything's happy and everybody gets along. We realize we live in a broken world, and there's no changing that until Jesus returns, okay? Uh, we covered something in our uh, men's group on Monday night, this last Monday night, a week ago, I guess, that uh, don't believe those who say that you can have heaven on earth, all right? <laughs> We will never have heaven on earth, all right? If we could have heaven on earth, we wouldn't need Jesus to come back. Jesus is coming back for us, right? Because this isn't heaven. That's the whole point. And, uh, you know, this idea that, you know, we can just think happy thoughts and get along with everybody and all that, and we're going to have heaven on earth. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. This world is slated for destruction, isn't that, isn't that what the Bible tells us, that it's going to be burned up and all the works in it are going to be burned up? And then he's going to renew it, new heavens, new earth. And so uh, understand, we're, we're living in a time, you know, where, where there's plenty of negative news, but we can't camp on that. We can't live there. We look for the hope. We look for the redemption. And uh, Jesus here uh, gives us some insight into how to do that. Uh, Matthew chapter 10 and, and verse 16 he says this, behold, he's warning them, he's warning, I give a little context here, he's warning them of coming persecution, okay? Now that's, that's not, you know, a bright and happy sort of news, but this is from Jesus himself. And he says, behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Now I don't know about you, if I was in that scenario, I'd rather be the wolf than the sheep, right? But he declares, you know, like, we are the sheep, and he's sending us out where wolves are. But here's the key. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. All right, that's our instructions, is that we are to be uh, wise in our choices and our associations and the things that we embrace and the things that we associate with, but we are to be gentle. You know, and, and it's interesting, I, I just kind of was discovering this in preparation for this message. How many times the word gentle, you know, let your gentleness be known, or, you know, somehow gentleness is worked into all of these end-time sort of warnings and premonitions for us. And so it is here. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless or gentle as doves. And we can take that to heart today because it is so easy to let the kind of the negativity of the world creep in, seep into us, and we don't really use it. There's a song out of the, there's a phrase out of the Song of Solomon that describes this. We use every now and then, we say, you know, sometimes that the, it's the little foxes that spoil the vines. Isn't that right? What, is, what does that mean? Little foxes that spoil the vines. It's the, it's the little nagging things in life that kind of just wreck our, our whole attitude and spirit. You know, it's insightful how the enemy comes into our lives and begins to add the weight of anxiety to our hearts and begins to steal away our joy. The more evil that we hear, sometimes the more that we focus upon it, and we maybe even need to hear more of it, we kind of grow an appetite for that. But Scripture here warns us away from that, as, as we read in Philippians you know, 4, 8, is that you know, we're not to think on those kinds of things. You know, the things that are true, noble, just, pure, uh, lovely, all that is of a good report, vir anything that has virtue, 
and anything that is praiseworthy, those are the things that we are to meditate on. You know, sometimes I think we don't realize how anxiety creeps into our heart and uh, maybe even we, you know, we don't realize it and we, uh, we, you know, think we're operating without it. And I'll give you an example. Years ago, it was just after our first son was born, okay? So, you know, that's a, that's a happy event, our first child. And the, uh, the, the thing that happened almost simultaneous was with that is that I was, um, I was let go of my position in a church where I was at. Finance of the church were to the point where they had to reduce expenses, and I was an expense, okay? And so here, we had just had this baby. I just lost my job. And I thought, you know, this is a, a tough situation. <laughs> I had no prospects at the time. It's a great story, but, uh, you know, God just uses some things in our life to redirect our path. And that's what came out of that. But at that moment, I didn't know that. I didn't know how it was going to turn out, right? But I decided, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be positive about this. God has never let me down yet. And I just believe that he's, he's not going to let me down in this circumstance either. And so, you know, I'm just thinking, and I was feeling pretty good. Not long after all of that, I developed the most terrible pain in my jaw, and I thought, my goodness, I've got something terrible going on. I got an abscessed tooth or an impacted, you know, uh, wisdom tooth or something of that nature, you know. And so I go to the dentist, and he does the full x-ray on my teeth, and, you know, my jaw is just as sore as it can be. And so I'm, I'm kind of braced for the bad news. And he says, well, Mr. Brown, he says, uh, you know, looking at your x-ray here and, and doing an exam of all your teeth, he says, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with your teeth. And I said, well, what in the world? I said, how, how come my jaw is so sore? And he says, well, I don't know. He says, what's going on in your life? You know, tell me a little bit about what's happening. And I said, well, you know, we just had our, our first child. You know, we had our son, and, and we're so excited about that. I also got laid off from my, you know, my position at the church. And, uh, you know, we kind of went on just these are the current events of my life. And, and he goes, yeah. He says, you know what? You know what's happening with your jaw? He says, is you're full of anxiety and you're clenching your teeth at night. He said, now just, you know, intentionally try to relax and, and try to, all of these things that are happening to you, you know, just when you go to sleep at night, just think some, some calm thoughts. He says, it'll probably fix itself. And I thought, no, 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 there's something wrong. I just know there's something wrong. So anyways, I, I go back home and, you know, I thought, well, of all things, I thought I was handling this really well, you know, so I didn't think I was full of anxiety, but I thought, Lord, if I am, just help me to release that to you. Sure enough, in the next few days, that soreness went all away <laughs> and has never come back, you know, and I just think, you know, sometimes we think we're riding above the, the storm. Somehow our body says, oh, no, you aren't, <laughs> and, it, and it's hard. It's hard sometimes to you know, sort those things out. I think just intentionally, I think it's one of the things that we um, need to seek the Lord about, you know, and especially in times like this. There are just so many things here that can kind of get us off on the wrong uh, foot. Now, one of the traits of the righteous, and I mentioned this a moment ago, is what Scripture calls a, a gentle and peaceful spirit. Now, that's found in First uh, Peter 3.4, if you're taking notes. I, I'm not going to take the time to read it, but he talks about a gentle and peaceful spirit. And that is the demeanor of the righteous. 
Now, it's not, you know, not some sort of quest to become sort of a milk toast, you know, softy sort of person, but it is evidence of, of one who is spirit-controlled, is that when the spirit lives in us and is acting through us, living out of us, it results in a gentle and peaceful spirit. Philippians 4, 5, going back to Philippians, is let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. So what's the context here? It's that the Lord is, is soon to return. How, how are we to be? Gentle, peaceable, <laughs> calm people, not, not people who are riddled with anxiety. Now to do this, I think there's a couple of steps we can just contemplate today, how we can get to this place in our life. I think, you know, number one, is let's just take one day at a time. Isn't, isn't that enough? Now I know that as Christians, believers, you know, we are to you know, plan for the future and all of that, and that's still good advice, but we are to live one day at a time. We can't live in the future, we shouldn't live in the past, and so we should be absolutely 100% present uh, in the day in which we're living. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 34. You probably already jumped there in your thinking when I talked about living one day at a time. Jesus says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things, okay? So if you think today is full of trouble, well, tomorrow's got its own trouble all by itself. So, so don't go there, all right? Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. In other words, just stay in reality, stay here, and we will navigate the things that we encounter today. A psalm that we used to sing all the time, and if you've been in church very long, uh, you will remember this. It comes out of Psalm 118, verse 24, and it says, This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will what? Rejoice and be glad in it. You know, that's just something we ought to just remind ourselves of each and every day. This is the day that the Lord hath made. And, and you know what? This is a choice that I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Now, sometimes it seems like there's precious little to rejoice about, but uh, we can find something that we can give thanks for. You know, we are to give thanks in everything, uh, not necessarily for everything. Isn't that a difference, huh? In the middle of whatever circumstance, happy circumstance, sad circumstance, we can rejoice and give thanks in that, not necessarily for that. We don't have to say, oh, thank you, Lord, for such a terrible time I'm living in. It's not, you know, we can say, you know what? In the midst of a terrible time that we're living in, Lord, you are taking care of me. I can be thankful for that. So being thankful in everything is what uh, we are to look for. You know, each day we've, we've got choices to make. You know, I choose or I will to rejoice in this day. You know, contained in that psalm is the declaration of our will. I will rejoice and be glad in it. No matter what the, you know, the context is, my life, I will find something that I can rejoice in. And that's intentional living that I believe God wants us to live out each and every day. I have decided that I will rejoice and not I will rejoice when I feel like it or when, you know, I just get good news. You know, I, yesterday it was just kind of, I thought, you know, I've got I've to get over this cold. And I thought, I just, I'm going to lay around. And it was the nicest day of the year so far. Wasn't that yesterday? It was spectacular. And I, I remember looking out the window and thinking, man, 
it's gorgeous out there, and here I am inside. And uh, there wasn't much I could do about it, actually. But, uh, you know, in that, in that, you say, Lord, somebody's having a good day out there. I'm going to be happy for them. <laughs> our choices reflect our values. Uh, whatever we consider to be the greater value is what we generally choose to do. And if we choose negativity, we're making a value choice. We're saying that this bad news or bad feeling is of more value than, than something good. Now, I can't find it anywhere in the Bible that says God is going to remove all the difficult things from my life. I wish it was there. I mean, if you find it, tell me because I want to know it. But, you know, in, in the 23rd Psalm even, it alludes to this. What does the psalm writer David says? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of what? Death! <laughs> Okay, you know, obviously we can walk through some dark valleys. God isn't going to remove the dark valleys from our lives. But even in the dark valleys, we can take comfort in knowing that thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Jesus is with us no matter what the circumstance of our life. And, and I think we, we need to seek that out, not just take that for granted, but to remember that in our own spirit. You know, taking on too much negativity at a time will overwhelms our heart. Uh, worrying about the future, having anxiety over things that have never happened will suck the life out of you. How many know, and I, I don't know where you can look up, you know, probably Google somewhere, right? But the percentage of things that we worry about that never happen. How many things do we worry about, lose sleep over, you know, get all upset, get edgy, you know, get short-tempered? lose our patience over, that never even happened. It's the far majority, when I've ever seen statistics, it's like 80% or greater of the things that we worry about do not happen. Now what if we, we just kind of worked on that premise and thought, you know what, this is really disturbing news to me and I just want to hang on to it because it really upsets me. But you know, it'll probably never happen. <laughs> It'll probably never happen. You know, we can have all kinds of conversations in our head and, you know, kind of get ourselves worked up about just about anything. And that's not good for us. That's not good for us. And uh, we have to remember, you know, worry is really a waste of time. By worrying, how many things can we change? What did Jesus say? You know, if you, if you worry, can you uh, increase the number of hairs on your head? Not going to happen. Can you turn uh, one hair black or white just by worrying about it? Well, you can probably turn it white if it had color to begin with, right? Our worry accomplishes nothing. But what is our, kind of our key verse or base verse you know, that we read earlier out of uh, Philippians 4, 6? Be anxious for nothing, but by worrying and stewing, you can change anything. Isn't that what that said? It doesn't say that, does it? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So instead of worrying, which accomplishes nothing at all, why don't we just pray about these things? Why don't we just seek the Lord's face? You know, because it takes the, the same time to worry as it does to pray. Okay, it's not like prayer takes three times as long, you know, and we just kind of, you know, get right to the point if we would just worry about it. No, it takes the same time. If you're going to worry for an hour, guess what? You can pray for an hour. 
It's the same energy. It's the same time. But the difference is, is that worrying changes nothing. Prayer can change everything. So as we take one day at a time, you know, we just live one day of life at a time. It helps us to be able to manage what has come our way. Jesus' words tells us that each day will have its own challenges. We, we talked about that. We don't need to waste our emotional strength on things that haven't happened yet. And we don't need to invent things that haven't even occurred. I think we're probably all guilty of that at some point or another, right? One of the little quotes that uh, 12-step organizations repeat is, easy does it, (laughs) right? Easy does it. That's good advice. I think that's kind of a really a paraphrase out of Scripture. Or one day at a time. One day at a time. It just reminds us, you know, tomorrow is going to have its own challenges. You know, I'm going to need tomorrow's energy tomorrow. I can't borrow from it today. Little reminders that we aren't built to handle the anxiety that we take on ourselves and we allow into our hearts and lives. The second thought, you know, the first thought, you know, take, let's, let's live one day at a time. Number two, it's, it's okay to trust God with the big stuff. It's okay to do that. I know how we, how we are, you know, it's like, oh yeah, God can handle the little stuff of my life, you know, the stuff I'm not worried about, when it, but when it gets big, it's like, move over, Lord, need somebody with experience here, I'm going to take the reins, you know. We, we do that so often, and you know what, Lord will say, hey, it's all yours, it's all yours if you want that. <laughs> He'll let us crash our own airplane if we want. You know, we can trust God even with the big stuff. Sometimes our worry and our anxiety you know, just we seek control. We seek to control the situation. And when there's really someone who has better control than we do. One day I was in church. In fact, I shared already about our first child being born. And it was in that time, it was in that same time frame. And uh, it was one of the first Sundays we'd brought our little baby to church. And uh, I was so proud. And I was sitting on the front row and it was back in the days we, we sang from the hymn book. Do you remember those days? Do you remember what a hymn book is? Yeah, some of you are just like, oh, no, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but we sang from the hymn book, and we're singing a great uh, hymn written by Fanny Crosby, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. And I remember I was standing there holding our little son, and you know, what have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms. And I remember in the, in the midst of that, I looked down when I was holding our little son, and I thought, this is the picture. <laughs> this is the picture that God wants me to be with him. You know, there's my son, and he is worried about nothing. (laughs) And I've got him wrapped up in my arms. And I thought, man, you know, what a picture for, you know, here's this infant child leaning on my not everlasting arms, but not having a worry, not having a care. And I thought, you know, if we could somehow picture ourselves in the arms of Jesus and saying, what have I? I too dread, what have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms. Beautiful thought for us. Beautiful thought. Leaning on the everlasting arms. As soon as we sung that line of that verse, I thought, what a picture of what we've just sung. Full trust, asleep, not worrying about anything, just leaning on his Father's arms. You know, we can trust Jesus with the big stuff of our lives. 
You know, he didn't care that I just lost my job. He didn't care that, you know, at that point I had no prospects, nowhere to go. He didn't care that, you know, this uh, was something that we hadn't planned on. He just lay there asleep, trusting that everything would be okay. If we could get to that place in our relationship with Jesus, what a powerful, what a powerful thing that would be, wouldn't it? You know, in the days of the big stuff that we're facing, you know, from local to global, there's plenty of stuff for us to be concerned about, plenty of stuff to be concerned of. And we could talk, you know, about the negative things all day long and solve nothing. But we can also talk about this Jesus who holds us in his hand. And he is going to bring us through no matter what happens. You know, I, I like to think of this often. It's the fact that, you know, we're here. We're here today. Have there been uncertain times in your life in your past? Have there been times where you thought, I don't know how I'm going to make it? It's like, maybe you lost your job unexpectedly. Maybe, you know, a relationship fell apart and you just thought, I don't have any answers. I don't know what to do. But you know what? God kept you. <laughs> You're here today. You're here today because Jesus has kept you. And if he has kept us in our past, do we have reason to believe that he will keep us in our future? Absolutely. Absolutely. So would you stand today and as we bring this to a conclusion, whatever it is, maybe it's a health issue, maybe it's a relationship issue, maybe it's just the state of the world in general, but it's something that's on your mind, it's on your heart. Can we trust Jesus with it today? Just live today, trust Jesus with the big stuff. If he has helped you in the past, you have reason to believe, have faith that he's gonna help you in the future. Not gonna abandon us. Not gonna leave us helpless behind somewhere. Jesus, we thank you today that you are the one that holds us securely. And Lord, as long as we trust you, Lord, we have every reason to believe we're gonna be okay. Lord, you have helped us in the past. Lord, you have promised to never leave us or forsake us. So Lord, we trust you with a thing that maybe robs us of sleep every now and then. Or maybe, Lord, the thing that, that just troubles us and we spend too much time worrying about it. But Lord, I pray that we would learn to take the same energy and the same time that we worry with to pray. And Lord, if we still want to worry, that means that we're not done praying yet. And so Lord, guide us by your Holy Spirit. Allow us, Lord, to hear your voice through the noise and distraction of the time and day in which we live. Lord, that we live one day at a time and we'll trust you with even the big stuff because, Lord, you are ever so faithful, ever so capable of preserving our lives and all that we love and all the people that we are endeared to. So, Lord, I pray as we just hold that thing up before you today, Lord, would you just take care of this for us? And Lord, we'll see how you can provide even miraculously 
in our situation. Touch our bodies, heal us. Lord, provide a way for us to, to live and to work. Lord, ways to heal relationships. Lord, you can provide that. And we'll trust you for it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God.